If you hear the sound of wind blowing, it is wind blowing because um, it's blowing outside my bedroom and I enjoy having the window open here. I'm in Colorado. In Texas all those years, it was really too hot to open the window when the wind blew and too dirty, dusty. But here it's so totally different. We live in Colorado Springs and are exactly at the foot of the mountains, right across from the Air Force Academy. It's really very, very pleasant here. The weather is, I think, wonderful. On the subject of God leading us, Psalm 105, verses 43 and 45. 43 says, And he brought forth his people with joy and his chosen with gladness. Joy and gladness are two characteristics of the leading of God. Even when I have had to do extremely difficult messages, there's always been a joy. It seems strange that that could be the case, but it is. And every time I've moved from city to city, there's been a joy, a gladness. When I was in college, it was in Abilene, Texas, the first college I went to, Several of us went to Dallas, and I'd never been to Dallas before, and oh, I just thought that was wonderful. Later, I had the opportunity to move to Dallas. I was teaching orchestra in a junior-senior high school. In 1960, I got to move to Dallas, and oh, that was so exciting. There was so much to do and see. By the time I left Dallas, which was in 1985, Everything had kind of gone dead for me. I'd seen the things, I'd done the things. There were crowds, and I no longer had the motivation to go out and fight the crowds to do the things that I once, as a young person, thought were great. I moved to Clovis, New Mexico, where my mother was living. My dad had died, and I thought she would need some help, and basically I could live anywhere. But I moved to Clovis with great joy and gladness. Even though I never liked living in that part of the United States, I had joy and gladness in going there. As soon as my mother died, which was 18 years later, I decided to build a house in Lubbock, Texas, get back to Texas. And I enjoyed it very much being there. For a season, for a season. See, to everything there is a season and a time to everything under the sun. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1. But it's when God has moved me, I've always found it was with joy and gladness, not with dread and fear, but with joy and gladness and for a season it was wonderful there. And then I would find it would sort of go dead, and then there would be the next place, and then the next place. But he always moved me with joy and gladness. And in verse 45 of Psalm 105, it says that they might observe his statutes and keep his laws. And that's just a lifetime purpose for us 
Some people don't think there are any laws in the New Testament church. They are sadly mistaken. They say we don't live by the law. No, we don't live by the Old Testament law where you sacrificed animals for sins. Jesus sacrificed himself to pay for our sins. But there are still rules for the New Testament church. They are throughout the New Testament Bible. And I look at these doctrines of the New Testament Bible very carefully and renew my mind to these doctrines for I have found that the churches have pretty much eliminated the rules in the New Testament. So I renew my mind to these doctrines frequently. But when I find changes in assignments or jobs, God always leads me with joy and gladness. In John 10.10 we read, The thief cometh not, but for to steal, and to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus says, But I am come, that they might have life, and that they might have it more abundantly. And I have found every time I've been moved from one place to another, I'm 82 years old now, but every time I have been moved from one place to another, I've had a more abundant life in the place where God moved me. I'm never afraid of change, provided I'm sure that it is authored by God. When God authors the change, there is no fear in it for me. I know God will put me in the best place to do His will. And when an idea is from God... I know the characteristics that are there with that plan. James 3.17 But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Be very careful, though, because if you live in envy and strife, if you're striving with someone or envying someone, in James 3 we read there is confusion and every evil work. So you have to be careful about envy and strife. There are many things I hear on television that are just not right, according to the Bible. And when I hear them, I usually respond by saying, that's not right. The Bible says such and such because I want my mind focused on the Bible and I don't want those seeds that are spoken by people of the world to go in my heart because the people of the world say things thinking they're right, but they're not right. For example, they say all people must die. Well, that's not true. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 tells us not all will die. And 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, Paul says not all will die. Some will die, but not all will die. There will be people left on the earth when Jesus returns. Some of the believing church will be on the earth when Jesus returns, but I believe we'll be taken out before the Great Tribulation when we believe the Scriptures and follow God. But 
I hear people say all the time, you, you'll never get out of this world alive. And that's just not true, according to the Bible. I don't want for a second to think that it is true. I also know scriptures like, bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable unto all things in this life and the one that is to come. There is a little profit in bodily exercise, but Paul says it doesn't profit much. It profiteth little. When I was injured and had a physical therapist, I liked her very, very much. We didn't do very much, but I finally, toward the end of my time with her, told her that I really didn't think you had to do much exercise. If you're going to be healed, if God is going to let you live, your body just kind of has a way of healing itself. Although I made it clear to her, I thought her work was very valuable, for she taught me how to use a cane. She taught me how to safely go up a stairs or downstairs, how to use a walker. She taught me many things that I appreciated knowing. So she was valuable. But as far as thinking that by my own exercise, I'm going to cause my body to be strong, I just don't have that concept. My concept is what Paul said. Bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable unto all things. I believe that's truth. And the last session I had with the therapist, she, she said to me, Joan, I used to think I was a pretty good therapist, but I've decided lately that the body just kind of restores itself. I told her, I said, well, that's what the Bible shows me. But you are valuable. Please don't think for a second that you're not valuable, for you've taught us to do things safely that we wouldn't have confidence to do otherwise after we're injured. But as far as making the body strong by exercise, uh, that's not the way that I see to go. One of my therapists even told me when, when I was being released from the hospital after I broke my hip the first time, he said, now Joan, a big mistake that people make is when we release them and let them go home, they overdo. They think that they can do more and it will make them stronger. And often they end up back in the hospital because they overdo. And he said, but I don't think I have to warn you about that. I said, no, you don't. Because I'm very unlikely to overdo with exercise. The Bible teaches us so many things. The New Testament and the Old Testament. We see examples in the Old Testament of how they followed God for a while, and then they fell away from it and went another way. And penalties came upon them when they did that. Jesus said in Matthew 24, because the wickedness would increase at the end times, the love of many would wax cold. And I think that is the love of many for the word of God will wax cold in the last days. And he said, but those who endure, the same shall be saved. I have gone through some things, even in the year 2020, which really tried my faith. And there were times that I thought, maybe I, I didn't even know if I could endure. 
But I called out to God and I said, please don't let me be swept away because I know that many will be swept away in the last days. And God sustained me by giving me dreams or by calling my attention to scriptures or by having me see something in the Bible. And I was restored in the difficult times. But I am aware of the danger, and I hope you are too. Matthew 24, read that if you need to, because Jesus warned us about the last days. Many would fall away because the wickedness is so great. I think one of the great strengths for us is prayer. That just understanding that we really don't know what to do. And knowing the promise that if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all liberally and abradeth not, and it shall be given him. Those of us who really understand that we don't know what to do are probably in a more secure position than those people who think they know what to do. Because we have this promise, if we'll ask God, he will give us wisdom. I do not want to be wise in my own thinking. I don't want to go in my own way of thinking. I don't want to trust in myself. I want to trust in God. And that comes by praying and asking God to help me to know what to do. And then later I can look back on it and say, oh yes, I remember I prayed about that and God showed me such and such and that's what I did. That's the safe way to go. Proverbs 16:3 Commit thy works unto the Lord and thy thoughts shall be established. If we can remember to pray over everything, it's so much better. Another scripture which is very important for us is Proverbs 16:25 because it's a warning. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Being wise in your own eyes is so dangerous. The safe way is to remember to pray and ask God, what should I do about this situation? And we have a promise that he will show us when we ask him. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Trust in the Bible, the scriptures, the word, with all thine heart. When you pray over something and God shows you what to do, do that. Trust in him. We know how we know it's God. It's easy to be entreated. It's not complicated. It's not extremely expensive. It's not hypocritical. If it has any of those characteristics, we know it is not God leading us. So trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him 
pray, turning to God as a little child. And the promise is there, and he shall direct thy paths. I suppose the most outstanding recent example I've had of that was when the coronavirus hit in 2020. I really saw enormous fear that was coming upon the whole world. I was not as concerned about the coronavirus as I was the way of life and the fear that everyone was going to be facing. I know when we're afraid to pray, but those people don't. The masses don't know to do that. They don't even know the real God, the one that created the heavens and the earth. And they don't know how to trust in God. And most of the church doesn't know how to trust in God. They say they do, but they're really trusting in their churches and their pastors. But when you trust in God, you have this inner feeling and knowledge that he will help you. Ask him. He knows the future. He will help you. It says, and he shall direct thy paths when you pray, when you acknowledge him. He shall direct thy paths. And you say, but how can he show me? How can he show me what to do? All right. One way he shows us what to do is by bringing to our minds an idea of what to do. This is exactly what happened to me in the midst of that coronavirus. In March 2020, when I saw all of this economic problem that was coming upon this world, and I had a house sitting there in Texas, which was empty, vacant, had been vacant for over a year. It, nobody had bought it. And I turned to God with that fear of, what about that house? Is there anything I should do about that house in Texas? God showed me something to do. Now, how did he show me? He simply brought to my mind, lower the price of the house, and just to do it then, to lower the price of the house, do it immediately, and put it on a kind of a special one-week sale price, which I contacted my realtor immediately and told her to do that. And she did, and the house sold within two days. See, if you're afraid, tell God. He can communicate with us. I know he's a spirit, and you think, who, how can God reach me? Listen, he created heaven and earth. He certainly has the ability to reach us with ideas to help us. Sometimes he gives me a dream. Sometimes he reminds me of a scripture to show me which way to go. And sometimes he just gives me an idea. How do I know if it's God? Pure, peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality, without hypocrisy. Those are the ways that I know it's of God. If it's extremely complex, I know it's not of God. If it's very expensive to do something, I know it's not of God. I don't have his plan. So when you've had experience in following the Spirit of God for many, many years, these are some of the characteristics which show you which ideas are from God. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Proverbs chapter 3. Now let's go over that once more. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. To me, the Lord is the Word. 
and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, pray about everything, and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes, fear the Lord and depart from evil. And always God brings me forth with joy and gladness. When I have fear and dread, I always know God is not leading me. I have to pray again over the fears. Pray over each thing that you fear or dread. And let God establish your thoughts. But I don't believe God leads me by fear or dread. Sometimes when I fear something, I know I haven't prayed. I haven't committed to God in the right way, and so I can go back. Fear shows me to go back and pray again. Dread shows me to go back and pray again. But those are not the things that lead me. Joy, gladness, peace, knowing that the plan is not complicated and it's relatively inexpensive. Those are the things that show me the will of God. This is Joan Boney speaking, and we will try to put these scriptures in writing on our blog for you. If you go to Jesus Ministries Exhortations, on the right-hand side of the home page, you'll see Podcast. Click on that. You can bring up this recording, which is entitled God Leading Us, and the scriptures will be there, at least many of them will be, that I have spoken on this broadcast today. So you can review those scriptures and think about it. Again, the blog name is Jesus Ministries Exhortations. Thank you for allowing me to speak with you today.